Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. This month's episodes are sponsored by Premier Commercial Kitchens. All aspects of commercial kitchen fitting, ventilation, and extraction. High-grade stainless appliances, fitted, cleaning, and maintenance. If you'd like a job done, contact office at premierck.co.uk. That's office at premierck.co.uk. Thank you, Premier Commercial Kitchens. Alright folks, welcome to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well folks, um, we're back. Um, it's a bit of a weird week this week, you know, because last week was probably, I would say, for me personally, I don't know about you Danny, it was one of the highlights of us doing this pod, having Howard Gale on, and we've had such great reaction. Mm-hmm. I don't know about yourself, but I've, I've actually really have been inundated with messages and um, opinions, and it was... Um, it really went out there, didn't it, Danny? There's a lot of people that kind of enjoyed that podcast. Yeah, it's been really nice, as you said, just on a sort of twofold level. The that it was a great pod to record. It was really nice to be able to get the insight of Howard and to hear a little bit about what he's doing now and and different things like that. Um, so I was sort of buzzing doing the pod, and then obviously like editing it, putting it out there, and then the amount of people that have got in touch with us that that we didn't even know listened to the podcast, and I was sort of yes. It's been nice to be able to have that interaction with people. Um, so it's been quite fun to be able to to do that. And, and yeah, it was a big guest. So I, it always feels like a sort of come down the next week, doesn't it? That it's just me and you. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's obviously why some people listen to this. Yeah. A big shout out to friend Stephen Patton there. Give me a great review. And a guy who contacted us both, uh, a, a listener to the pod, Patrick. Mm. Uh, Crowham from Galway there, do you believe? Or Cork, sorry, Cork. That was, that was a very, very nice message, and we do appreciate the feedback. Um, and it was a great pod to, to um, record. But as I say, it was bittersweet because the suite was interviewing Howard and the high of the podcast. Um, but the bitter was getting beat by Brighton and Man City. Mm. And um, 
yeah, I mean, we'll come into that shortly. But before we do that, first of all, Danny, um, how's your week been and, and how are you keeping during this lockdown? I'd love to say not too bad. Um, it's just the same old. Like, you kind of just live in Groundhog Day at the minute, and you just getting up, doing the same thing, and just between work and homeschool and staying in the house and doing stuff, uh, there's not that much going on. Like, and we've discussed loads of times on this podcast that the release from, from the sort of day-to-day mundane is the football. But the football's kind of killed me over the last week, I'll be honest. You're sort of sitting there watching the football going, this is just plunging me into some sort of depression here. The, like, you almost don't want to watch it. Like, at the moment, like, I am a, a, a big Liverpool fan, always have been. I wouldn't be the type of person that would be like, like, like we've seen a lot of stuff this week, which is just ridiculous. Like, and I'm sure you've seen it yourself across social media, the whole clop out and, and stuff like this. And people starting to throw the heads up because Klopp's lost some games. And it's ridiculous to see. But at the same time, when you're in a, a lockdown situation and you're at home and you only release his football, to see it going as badly as it has done in the last month and a half, you're sort of going, ah, oh, this is just so hard to watch. So it's it's been a it's been a mixture of the week, but I'm glad that we definitely done the podcast with Howard before the Brighton and the City game because I I feel it just would have been a dire podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was. Yeah, I have to agree, Dan. It's been pretty depressing. We've gone from maybe, you know, when have we beat Palace seven nil, being top of Christmas? It was all kind of. Maybe it's awful for like you know not record over Christmas. Maybe maybe we should have carried <laughs> on the momentum. Maybe Liverpool Football Club just need to thank us for keeping the pod going. But um, yeah, no, it's been pretty depressing. But the, the, the how would be an almost great same same as you, Danny, this week. Homeschooling, working, um, watching a lot of football. I can't just, there's been a lot of interesting football and great football matches for, for a neutral perspective. Mm. But from a Liverpool fan's perspective, it's been dire. Um, as I say, it's just been. Absolutely depressing. We've gone from maybe having a chance in the in the title race again after beating Spurs, Spurs and West Ham to being out of it, <laughs> just like just like that. And we've got a couple a couple of big games coming up uh, with the derby in a couple of weeks. Um, and obviously we're going to discuss Leicester coming up the weekend, which is a huge game, and obviously the return of the Champions League, which we've got a lot to discuss there. Mm. Um, but first of all, Danny, I mean. City's the big game that we'll talk about. We'll, we'll just kind of hint and touch on Brighton a little bit. Um, have to say now, um, I like Brighton. The team, the they play good football. Um, they're like this, like Southampton of old, maybe of like seven, eight years ago. Um, you could even argue the Bournemouth before that. You know, they're, they're a team that play good football, but they're all they're always teetering above that relegation zone. But yeah. you always know on the day they, they they can outplay a big boy, and I mean. The interesting one about this game, you know, I don't say, I can't think of a Liverpool game where Liverpool have been beat all during the last three or four years where we've deserved to be beat. I look at this game against Brighton and I think to myself, do you know what? I was uh, I was pulled into a shop, and I won't mention no names, but I was pulled into a local shop and I was, uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll say it. I won't, I won't get in no trouble. <laughs> I was in um, Poundland getting, getting a few essential goods and someone shouted me across Palmer and was like, <laughs> Liverpool were slaughtered last night. And I was like, well, you know, we weren't actually. We were beat. And I think we deserved to get beat. Mm. But we weren't slaughtered. I mean, so let me ask you, Danny, Liverpool, Brighton, 1-0 to Brighton. What was your thoughts on that game? And, you know, I know Mane was missing and there's a few other contributing factors, but 
after two great wins, you know, how do you how do you assess this? Yeah, I think it's a bit different to some of the other games that we've played. And we spoke about it on the pod a couple of weeks ago that we said about the fact that we feel that Liverpool might be getting found out now. The teams are just sitting back in two banks of four and just saying, come at us and see what you can do. And there was an element of that. I think Brighton defended really, really well on the day. They, they kept solid in their position. Um, but at the same time, one of the things, as you said, that is a credit to Brighton, Jordan, that game is the fact that Brighton, when they had the ball and they were able to clear the lines, they got out and they came at us and they made it a proper game of football. You can see that, you look back, and the possession was 64 to 36. So it wasn't like it wasn't like completely dominant Liverpool sitting in the final third, passing the ball around the edge of the box, and they're just waiting so they can hoof it out and have a comeback at them. Brighton made a game of it. And you've got the likes of Alzate, who, who controversially scored the goal. We still still don't know who it came off last, um, but he's the one that claimed the goal. And like he was all day, was up that pitch and coming at Liverpool's back line, wanting to play football. So, yeah, you've got to give Brighton the due. And I think as a Liverpool fan, I think there's a lot of people out there, and Liverpool fans get a lot of stick for being sort of very, very biased to a certain degree. But I think you've got to give Brighton the Jew in that game that I think we got beat, we deservedly got beat and Brighton played proper football. As you said, they're always hovering around the relegation zone and I think that's because in any league and especially in the Premier League in order to be able to do well you have to beat the teams around you. Brighton, you look at their record and they always do really, really well against the top seven but the teams around them they can never get the results and that's why they're always hanging around there a bit. Um, and if they were to put the effort into the, the games that they play against Liverpool and City and United, then they'd be they'd be flying. But the problem is is that the the losing games against Fulham and West Brom and, and West Ham and different teams like that. Um but no, on the day, you've got to give them the I think they've done very, really, really well and they deserve the win to be honest. Yeah, well I hey, I have to agree with you and, and as I say, we have to be a little bit modest. We did deserve to get beat. Um the, the performance was just flat. And I mean, afterwards, Jürgen Koch made, made a very interesting comment. Um, I think he, first of all, he congratulated Brighton and Graham Potter for a great victory. And I mean, I, I think on my social media afterwards, I was just like, Do you know what? Fair play, well played. And it made the City game huge. But Jürgen Koch made a very interesting comment. He said, Liverpool seem mentally tired. Now, we've used this term so much, haven't we, Danny, over the last three or four years? Men- mentality monsters. Um do you, do you see where he's coming from with that comment? Or do you think it's a bit of a cop-out? Or do you think, like other teams, other people suggested, things are getting to you and Klopp a little bit? Now, we know, um, football aside, and we'll come into this with Le- Leipzig, and we know Jürgen Klopp had the death of his, death of his mother, which mm. is just, although he's a very char- charismatic figure, great football manager, one of the, probably, in my opinion, over the last two or three years, the, the best manager in the world. And uh, every other team seems to love him. Do you think when you accumulate the fact that Liverpool been playing poorly, accumulate the fact that like his, his mother passed away, and he's kept it private, it's been kept from the press, um, the fact that we can't travel, coronavirus, that you you realise that as good as Liverpool are and as good as Jurgen Klopp is, they're just people with feelings and emotions. And do you think maybe everything? contributing that maybe Liverpool have just been off that 5 or 10% and we always chat, always talk about the little differences in football 
Do you think that's been a contributing factor? When he mentioned that comment about being mentally tired, hmm. do you think it's just not money aside, it's getting too hard on like football teams this season, or do you think everyone's in a, everyone's got the same situation? Just get on with. Yeah, I think we always talk about January and the Christmas period and how mental the Christmas period always is for football teams and how tough it all is. But I don't know about you, but it feels like the whole season up to now has been a Christmas period. It feels yes. like the football hasn't stopped at any point. They had the the bare minimum of a pre-season going from one season to the next. And for Liverpool to be playing at the high intensity level that they play, we talk, we speak about Brighton, we speak about the way that they play, we speak about West Brom a couple of weeks ago and how the high intense level that they played, that was one game. I've got to remember Liverpool have been doing that for, for three, four years now. I've been playing high intensity football and eventually it's going to give if they don't get the breaks, if they don't get the chance to be able to rest players and especially this season, as I said, we, we can go back to the injuries and people always say, oh, like you're speaking about the injuries and all the rest of it. I'm not saying oh, if we have Van Dijk, we'd be flying. What I'm saying is is that if you have a 24, 25-man squad and you have eight of those players gone, then you've got no squad rotation. You've got no chance to be able to rest players. You've got the likes of Salah and Firmino and Mane and Henderson and... Fabino and all these different players having to play week in and week out constantly in order to be able to keep Liverpool afloat and keep them where they need to be in that top four. There's always going to be that that issue of tiredness and and as I said, generally if you look back and I want to give a shout out to a good friend of ours who obviously does a lot with us on the pod, Matty Purchase. He wrote a really good article this week about the fact that consistently yeah. Liverpool haven't performed all that well in January. We always take a slump around this time of the season. It's just massively highlighted because of the way the season is. The fact that every single game is on TV and everyone's able to watch it. It's going to be highlighted a lot more. Liverpool are the, are the champions. They're in everybody's sights. So everyone's going to be talking about them when they have this fall as opposed to previous seasons. But as you said, it's it's a mixture of things. I think the fact, the fact that the, the crowd... Like I, I honestly think Brighton as yeah. well as they done. Like I honestly think it would have been a completely different game had the crowd been there to be able to get behind them and give that energy. You know what's like yourself when you're doing anything. If you've got people cheering you on, it gives you that little bit of that little extra ten percent that that sometimes the players. Even have. when we had the two thousand people on field, you know, over the just before the Christmas parade, it did help me could hear them. Yeah, um, and maybe. It's an inter- interesting that you say that, and I completely agree. Yeah, and I think everyone agrees, especially you know Liverpool fans, famous pro fan. Mentally, maybe if you're just five percent off it, that you know the fans maybe give you that extra five percent that you need. Oh, yeah. And then if you think of all the other all the other opposition teams, um, they're coming to Anfield and they've got nothing to fear. They're not mm-hmm. coming to Anfield thinking, oh no, they're coming to Anfield thinking, oh well, you know, it's just an empty, you know, empty stadium. Like if there's ever a chance, we've got a chance to win. It's now. And that's why you've got all these kind of weird results happening. So, yeah, I agree with you. Do you think maybe that if we had the fans in and the decision was a bit more normal, do you think we would be sitting high in the league or do you think we would be where we are? Do you know, it's been such a strange season. It's hard to know and it's hard to say for certain and say, oh, we'd definitely be doing better. I think we'd be more consistent but at the end of the day the main things that's hurt in Liverpool season is the short pre-season training the fact that we've had so many players injured 
that have, have meant that other players are having to step into positions they're not used to. You've got boys like Nat Phillips coming in and playing consistent games in a season where really he would have maybe played two or three games in the FA Cup and that's it. Um, same with Williams and different players like that. Would that would that have happened had there been crowds there? Of course it would. So the injuries were still going to happen either way. So it's hard to predict where we would have been. But I think one of the things we could say is that no matter what position the players are playing in, no matter what the squad rotation, I think there would have been a few games there that we would have at least drew instead of losing had the fans been behind the team and pushing them. Because one thing that Liverpool fans do is they get behind the team. And you know when your team's struggling and have got players injured. You know yourself. I know myself from when I've been sitting there in the, in the cop or the Anfield Road end. You, you can see when your team needs the fans and, and you rise to the occasion. And I think Liverpool fans would have done that had they been in the stadium. Well, yeah, as I say, I think, I think we can all agree it's a combination of factors. Um, so yeah, so beat by Brighton, that left us seven points behind Manchester City. City are on this unbelievable run of fifteen games in a row now, um, and they were always come good, good again. But we had the seven point gap. If we beat them, it would have been down to four. Um, they're now ten ten game ten points ahead with the game in hand. Um, the game itself, Danny. So Man City, it was kind of it was prefixed as this big champions versus the champions elect game. The best two teams over the last three or four years. And I mean, these games for me over the last couple of years have been so predictable. There's been a couple of 1-1s, a couple of nil-nils. We've slaughtered City a couple of times and, you know, City have slaughtered us a couple of times and it was their turn um, last Sunday. You know, they scored. Salah come back. We got the goals a bit controversial, 1-1. Um, and then Alisson, who's been Mr. Reliable apart from one or two mistakes. Um, for me, that's, that was the obvious game changer. Um, and it's still small percentage to do it once is kind of forgiven to do it twice was probably unforgivable um, mm. but he's got he's got a bit of credit in the tank Alison hasn't he um, how did you assess that game Danny and, and first of all I have to say did you, do you echo my kind of I was watching it um, you just it just you could close your eyes and it could have been Liverpool four years ago you know it was like you just had that. So a, I can't remember last time I've watched the Liverpool game with 15 to 20 minutes to go and we've been comfortably beaten. Mm-hmm. Maybe Aston Villa. And um, even the games that we've drew and we've been beaten, it's always been so tight. We've always had a chance um, or we've been coasting or we've been drawn and we've won it. So how how did you feel kind of Afterwards and stuff, and, and how to kind of assess the game. And all. there's not a lot to need to assess in a game like that because it was mistakes that won City. And obviously, yeah. they played brilliant. Foden was fantastic. But how do you kind of assess it, and how do you feel? And for you, is the league over? I mean, it's kind of obvious it is. But do, do you think there's any hope? Uh, it was just it was a deflating game, wasn't it? It was hard to watch, and sat there so the 80, 85 minutes just. Wanting it to end, which is not what you you want out of a game of football. And you know what? Had it not been the Premier League, it just reminded me so much with Allison and and who knows what was going on behind the scenes to cause those mistakes. But it just reminds you of. Do you remember when you used to play footy with your mates down the park and like your mate used to <laughs> kick off because he'd been in goal for too long and nobody had swapped with him, so he'd just start booting the ball to the other team. Yeah. <laughs> Allison's on for the last ten minutes. It's just like sick to death of this. He just started kicking the ball out and. 
there's, there's all this talk that obviously he was he was ill. He was only just coming back. He he still had a bit of something. Um, but it was it was a hard it was a hard night for him. You just know he'll have woken up the next day. Any footballer, whether you're playing five aside, eleven aside, or whether you're playing top level and getting paid for it, you know it's the first thing he'll have thought about when he woke up the next day. The last thing he'll have thought about before he went to bed at night. And hopefully he'll be wanting to put that to bed. But yeah, it was a hard game. And, and do you know what? All in all, we had more possession than them. We had the same amount of shots as them. It was a tight game until until those mistakes. It was a tight enough game. I think City, when you look back on it, probably had more than us. As you said, Foden played a great game. Sterling had the had the beating of Trent all day down that left hand side, in my opinion. Um so it was a it was a tough one. It was a tough one to take. But they played well, but Liverpool kept themselves in the game. But again, we just we we just couldn't do not enough front. The the play went so fast, and that's where the frustration comes in. I think is that we say about all the problems, the injuries, the the changing positions. In that game, we got the ball. We played it out fast. We played more passes. Like our passing accuracy was was better than Man City's. We done nearly six hundred and fifty passes, which is far more than what they played in that game. And our back line played the ball out well. Played it into the midfield. Got up front. And it was our main front three, the sort of Salah, Mane, Firmino, who were the ones who were really lacking in that game, in my opinion. It was sort of they were really sluggish. They slowed down the play. Uh, they stopped us from being able to get that attack. Mane was really the only noticeable chance in the first half when he cut round um, and got that header that just went over the bar. So it's hard. It was a hard one to take. And I think there's been a lot of criticism. There's been a lot of backlash going on. Thiago getting a lot of the blame, which I, which personally I think is massively unfair that he's coming. Steve, can I put in there, Danny? Yeah, <clears throat> Thiago, interesting one. Again, like Allison, he's got a little bit of credit in the tank because of what he's achieved in the game. Mm. All right, and you could argue, and we've I think we've we've touched on it, haven't we? If you had Henderson and Wijnaldum next to him, or Henderson and Fabinho next to him, it'd be different. But for me. He just, I know he's had the injury from uh, Richarlison, bad you know, kind of tackle and put him off a stride. But, I mean, for me, he's, he's got to be accountable. He, he, he dives into challenges rashly. He can't, do you think maybe it could be an argument that he's trying too hard? Because as far as I'm concerned, if we were looking at, if, if Thiago signed for United, would we not be sitting there going, he's a flop? I think there's a lot more factors to it than that. Like, I... I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I will say, starting off, I think he is not a defensive midfielder. As you said, the way that he's thrown into tackles, the, the rashness of it, um, and the fact that he gets beat off the ball so much, for me, he isn't a defensive midfielder. But he's also coming into a team that is, at the moment, just completely broken apart with players missing in all sorts of positions. He's coming to a midfield, and you know how hard it is to settle into a new team. But he's settling into a new team, into a new country. We always say, no matter what the calibre of player, we always say you give foreign players a season to settle in. And this boy's come in from a different league, from a different style of play, to come into Liverpool and be thrown into the mix in his first season while he's trying to get used to the game. We know the Premier League is very different to other leagues and he's trying to get used to the style of play, he's trying to get used to the quickness of it all and he's doing it in a in a makeshift midfield with a back line behind him that actually has no central defenders in it apart from a young lad that was like playing low league football a couple of seasons ago. Um, 
So for me, I want to give him a bit of a benefit of the doubt that I think you look at him next season when he's playing in a more attacking role, when he's got Van Dijk and Gomez back in, he's got Henderson next to him. I think we'll see the proper Thiago, but I think he's been thrown into a rough situation this season. He's getting a lot of flash that he doesn't I see what I see what you're saying, Danny, but I mean, there's one player that comes to mind and like he's almost a forgotten man, but I think a Naby Keita. Hmm. You know, wasn't Naby Keita this next big thing and this next big... I'm, I'm starting to sit there and think, did we believe the hype too much? You know, he, he played at Barcelona. Fantastic. But Barcelona sold him. He went to Bayern Munich. Fantastic. But Bayern Munich sold him. And I sit there and I think, is he really like... He was... Okay, give them time, yes. Okay, give them the benefit of the doubt when the players in and stuff like this. And you know, we're both football fans. We both love watching football. And I see why you would kind of fit Liverpool's system because he's a great passer, etc., etc., etc. But he was deemed as this kind of next, next like the missing jigsaw piece. Yeah. He, he could feather pass and he could do this and he could do that. And I mean, I have to say, okay, you have to give him a season, yes. I mean, look at Firmino. I think Firmino's first season for Liverpool was shocking. You know, you have to give them time. Even Lucas, it took Lucas years to kind of become a legend at Liverpool and, you know, various players. But for me, the, the verdict is out, Santiago. I just, I want to love him. I want to like him. I, I want, I want him, you know, I, I want to be sitting, I want to be sitting there and singing the, the Thiago Alcantara song and, 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 you know, proving certain people wrong. But I have to say, I have to be honest, I don't like it. Because um, I was like this with Genie when I had my first, you know, really was. Mm. Um, I just didn't, I couldn't, I didn't have time for him, and he, he proved me wrong. Um, although his performances haven't been great recently, but back to Thiago. Um, for me, the verdict's allowed, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'd love nothing more than, you know, halfway through next season, you turn around and go, do you remember Amo? Do you remember he said about Thiago? And I said, I'd love nothing more than that to happen. But, um, yeah, I don't think the joy is out in me. And I mean, there's so many contributing factors, but at the end of the day, football's football and there's not, not many people in the in the game better pedigree than Thiago. He's, he's been a Barcelona Bayern Munich for me. I know the Premier League's different, but players like that, 29 years of age, who European Cup winners shouldn't really be needing time to settle in. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's a discussion for another day. Maybe We'll give it another couple of weeks and we'll have a wee debate about it one, one episode. But um, what I will say, so to kind of end the City game, um, my thoughts on it are kind of similar to you. Um, obviously, you can forgive Alisson. Um, he's he's improved Liverpool dramatically. Mm. Um, I heard an argument, Danny, and I want to touch it just, just briefly. I heard an argument. Someone said to me, um, oh, Alisson wouldn't be doing that if Van Dijk was in the back and Henderson in, in midfield. And like I sat there and I went, Are you being serious? I mean, that's not true. Like Alison making those mistakes isn't because Van Dyke isn't there or Henderson isn't there. Yeah. Alison has got has got that game plan and he'll be doing that. And he's the reason he was brought to Liverpool is because he can do that. Mm-hmm. So do you forgive him or do you think he should have just put a foot through it? I think in hindsight you're always gonna turn around and say he should have just put his foot through it, but that's that's his gameplay. He's been playing that for ages, and it's been absolutely fine. I think City just were, were quick at closing him down, and he just he just held onto the ball for just that slight bit too long, and it's all fine margins in the Premier League. And I think he suddenly looked up, realised his options had narrowed really, really quickly, and kind of panicked a little bit. And you know what? 
like not everyone's going to have a perfect game every single week. It's just as you know yourself, when you're a goalkeeper and you make a mistake, it's it's vital. Like you look at like Salah and Mane, you look at Firmino, the amount of mistakes that Firmino made in that Man City game, yet they don't go they don't go punished because he's up top and he's got players behind him. When you make a mistake and you have an off game as a keeper, you're going to be punished massively. It's always going to be big. And we always remember throughout the years, especially those of us that, that follow England quite a lot, will remember Rob Green and Joe Hart and David Seaman against Ronaldinho and all the rest of them. That When you make a mistake, it's huge as a goalkeeper. But you've got to forgive him. I think one mistake in the amount of games that he's played and his career speaks for itself in how good he actually is. I think you've got to, you've got to let him know. Just have to say that he, he changed the subject. It was quite funny, but um, a shout out to all the Irish fans and all the Northern Irish fans listening to this podcast that uh, absolutely revel in all those moments that England <laughs> get beat in all the major tournaments. And, and I've never seen so many Costa Rica and Colombia and Finland fans about in the World Cup. Song. And you know what? I don't really like, care about England, but um, yeah, interesting point. So yeah, Danny. I mean, before we take you know our, our break. Um, in a kind of a sentence, is that Liverpool the title race? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out. I'm gonna say yeah. I, I think you've got to you've got to think that it's over at this point. The way that City are playing, even United playing as well as they are, I think we've we've got top four. I think we've got to keep battling for that top four. But I I can't see us winning the league this season, other than an absolute shocking second half of the season by City. Yeah, enough, fair enough. Well, don't forget, guys, this episode is sponsored by Premier Commercial Kitchens. And we'll see you after the break. Thank you very much for listening to Ammo and Danny, Irish Anfield Road. Right, welcome back to Ammo and Danny, Irish Anfield Road. Now, this episode is sponsored by Premier Commercial Kitchens, and we are so grateful for everyone that sponsors and supports this podcast as it's been going on for a little while. We really, really appreciate it. Now, we're going to be talking about these upcoming Liverpool games that are going to be going on. So, over the next week, we are playing Leicester City uh, on Saturday, and then we are playing uh, Leipzig on the 16th of February. Now, Ammo, these are two, I suppose, big games, but for completely different reasons. Leicester City are three points ahead of us, but our goal difference is better than them. So there's always that potential that if we beat if we beat Leicester, we will jump them. Uh, and then the Leipzig game is big because basically, if you believe that the title race is over, it's the it's the biggest trophy we've got to go for. So we'll go into the city, the Leicester City game first. And what do you make of the game? Jamie Vardy coming back from injury, Leicester flying again this season. Uh, like how can you see with Liverpool the way they've been playing? How do you see this game going? I'm a bit nervous, Danny. Um, first and foremost, don't get beat. Mm. I think that's the biggest. Do not get beat. You know, Leicester are a team that could easily beat us. I think the, the, the reverse fixture, if, way back when, we beat them. And it was uh, Leicester with the form team at, at the time and Liverpool had a bit of a shaky start. So um, don't get beat in this game and, and don't lose it. Um, but again, it's another opportunity, isn't it, to, 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 to nail down um, a victory and prove that we are still about and um, a lot of people I think I think betting people will probably bet against us this coming Saturday they've got obvious threats to like see Jamie Vardy um, Madison Telemans um, Albrighton's been having a flyer you know on the wing this season um, 
and you know Brendan Rodgers, you know, give give him his dues. He left Liverpool on the kind of it was probably the right time. As much as it was sad, it was really sad. It was probably the right time for Rodgers to go. Yeah. Um. He went to Celtic, and I mean, look what's happened to Celtic since he left. Mm. Do you know, we, they've 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 just gone into nothing really, and um, he proved how good he was at Celtic. He's come to Leicester, and he got dipped to the Champions League the last game of the season by uh, Manny Shited. <coughs> there you go. But um, <laughs> that cough is bad, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they could have been in the Champions League this season. They're the quality team. They've got quality throughout the squad. They've got everything, haven't they, Danny? You know, they're, they're a good second team, like you know. Experience with the likes of Ardies and Smichels, and you know, even Wes Morgan, 37 years of age, still there's a part of the squad. The likes of all Brighton Premier League winner, um, and then they've got fantastic young players, the likes of your Madisons and your Greys and your Tielemans and your Ian Nachos. So they've just got quality through the squad, you know. Obviously, big game, Johnny Evans at centre back with is it Shionku or Shionko, whatever his name is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they've just got everything, haven't they? There's nothing really can say. Um, to criticise about um, Leicester Justin superb um, that goal he scored a few weeks ago when the FA Cup was like, you know, round in the keeper how many yeah. right backs round the keeper and scored you know it's what you see Arnold do how do you see the game going I mean I think a big decisive fact in this game is going to be the left back and uh, Salah against Christian Fuchs because I think in the, the reverse fixture Salah just had him in his pocket and it's getting on a bit it's about 33-34 and it's a bit of a weak position for Leicester, so I think the game's going to be one there with Salah versus him. Salah in this bad fo- in this bad bit of form that we've had over the last month or two, Salah's been the one kind of bright spark for me. He hasn't dropped his level. He's been getting goals even when he. That's the beauty about Mohamed Salah is he's breaking records in a team that aren't winning. You know he's he's a player that he's just a player that doesn't do nothing in the game. He'll score to win a goal, and I think that's we're going to need players like him against Leicester. And come this Saturday because the it's going to be a bit of magic or a mistake again, and let's just hope it's a bit of magic from like Salah. Maybe Manny may pop up. I hope for me and it wasn't for a while. Um, just don't get beat, Danny. If I was looking for prediction, I would probably probably it's so hard to say, but I'll probably just copy off my good old friend Danny Roberts there and say I'll sit in a fence and I'll say one one. <laughs> I, I, I just I can't see. I can't see us walking away with it. Mm. Um, I don't see Leicester walking away because Liverpool have to put a performance in after after that against City. Um, but it's a game, Danny, and I hate to say this, it's a game that we could easily get beaten. Yeah. And imagine that, you know, you'd be starting to, to doubt top four there, wouldn't you? Which would just be un, un, kind of thinkable after the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, um, how how do you see it going? Like, it's hard for me to kind of be optimistic about Liverpool like this season so far. You know. Yeah, I think I'm the same as you, but I'm probably the opposite way round, which sounds really weird. Um, but I think it's it's going to be a tough game, and I think we are in a really precarious position at the minute because there's the potential that Everton can still jump us. If we get beat by Leicester, then there's the potential that Chelsea are going to creep in there, West Ham are going to creep in there. And there is that, with how tight the season is at the minute, there is that potential that we could slip down to to seventh, even eighth in the league by by losing games like this. Um, I know you said about Salah being key to this. I think one of the really key parts of this battle is going to be 
Jamie Vardy against our back line. I think it's just going to be huge yeah. because Jamie Vardy, we know from previous seasons, Jamie Vardy has terrorised Van Dijk and Gomez playing against them and beat that back line. Imagine what he's going to do against Fabinho and Henderson. And like, I just, I just think if Vardy comes and he's on the ball and he has that attitude that all the other teams have had over the last little while, and he thinks to himself, "This is the time when I can do proper damage to Liverpool," here, I think we could be in absolute serious trouble. And all you need is for Allison to maybe make another mistake or be a bit nervous from the previous game and what he's done. And we could be looking at an absolute onslaught here, but hopefully hopefully we won't. Hopefully we won't see that. Hopefully we will see Liverpool do what Liverpool have done so many times in the past and bounced back um, and have done really, really well. But as you said, Leicester are a different kettle of fish to bouncing back against a West Ham or a team like that. Like you were saying before, Leicester have got a proper squad now. And I think Leicester, people are surprised every season that we're going, oh, Leicester are up there again. Like, isn't that mad that they're still riding this wave from when they won the league four years ago? But the reality is that, as you said, Leicester have got a real mix of team. They've got real experience in there with the likes of Johnny Evans and with the likes of Jamie Vardy and other boys like that. And then they've got this young flair coming through. They've got the likes of Madison. They've got the likes of Perez. They've got the likes of Inanacho. Um, and even Suyuncu coming to the team and fit in really well. They've got a real balance. That's his name, Suyuncu. 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 <laughs> but they've got a real balance there of really experienced players who know what it takes to win a league and also young players with energy, with flair, with passion that want to make their mark. Um, so I think Leicester are a real threat and a real danger, and I think it's not a game that we can take lightly at all. Um, I would almost, I think it's only just on current form that I would say I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up like three-one to Leicester. Um, but I'm really just hoping that that Liverpool bounce back and want to rectify what's gone on over the last few weeks. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's, uh, it's not so much a must must win. It's a must not lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, that leads us on to the fact that after that game on the 16th, we're going to be playing Leipzig. Now, there's been a lot of talk around this game about the travel bans. Will it happen? Won't it happen? Is it going to be in a neutral venue? All these different things, because they're talking about the fact that, that nobody can travel at the minute, so it shouldn't be in Germany. It can't be in Germany. So then both teams are going to have to travel to a neutral venue, which outside, like, this isn't a political podcast, so we're not going to talk about the randomness of both teams having to travel because it's not safe for one team to travel. Um, or we think that the game is going to be going ahead somewhere. It, it might be in someone's garden somewhere, but it's going to happen. Um, Do the best, I think it is, isn't it? Do the best. Yeah, yeah, they're saying about it being out there, which which is going to like it's going to be different for both teams because the climate's going to be completely different. Um, so it's going to be interesting because Budapest, like I've spent a fair bit of time in Budapest, and this time of year it can be very, very cold. Um, and I know it's cold enough here in the UK, but it's it's freezing in places like in places like Hungary at this time of year. Um, so what? How do you see this game going? If we believe that the league's over, then the Champions League is all we've got. So can you see Liverpool going for that now? Well, technically the first leg is the way leg, isn't it? But there's talk about the second leg being in a neutral venue as well, which I think is quite fair because <clears throat> you know you've got to kind of keep it level for both teams and both travelling and, mm. and stuff like that. How do you see the game going? Leipzig are this team that you know on paper we should be getting through the you know, getting through the tie comfortably, you know, probably 
four or five goals negative. But um, on paper, we should have beat Brighton. And on paper, we should have beat Newcastle. And on paper, we should have beat West Brom. And in the form that the team play, on paper, we should have beat United. Um, so there's no givens in football. And I think it's a, we've got to be professional. We've got to maybe play not to get beat in the first leg and not to concede you know, a goal away from home. Um and just be professional, use all the experience we've got. Plus, it might be a little bit of a um a bit of a free hit, Danny, if, if that makes any kind of sense. It might be a game where, you know, the only way I can describe it is it, <laughs> me and Danny used to play for a football team together called Frontline. Yeah. And um we, we the best way I can describe it, Danny's laughing here, but you know, we weren't the best football team. We were more it was one of those football teams that was a great bunch of lads. As a banter over, team, like <laughs> yeah, over, over the years, they went from kind of a great bunch of lads to a team that were winning things. But over those years, you, you had, we were always kind of near the bottom half of the table, and you'd play like a top team, and it was always just like, do you know what, just go out and express yourself, go out, get a goal, do you know. And, I'm, and it, the pressure was off, and I'm trying to hope that there's not too much pressure putting the put in this Champions League tie, hmm. and let them just go out and express themselves because you know it's not in the league, it's a bit different. And uh, we've got pedigree in the in the competition, so I'm hoping that you know players will just turn up, and we it's a bit of a welcome break. And um, I do predict that we'll get through this high comfortably. Mm. Um, I think that I don't know an awful lot about likes, of, um, but what I do know is that in the league, the team that can be winning two 0 next thing they're getting be three two. Yeah, you know the team that can be winning one nil, draw the game, you know. Uh, you, you see it on you see it on a lot of the results that you see. There's always goals in the, in the ties, and you know they'll they'll go and be, they'll go and draw against Bayern Munich, and then they'll go and get beat by Schalke, who are near the bottom. So um, I hope it's a, I hope it's a game that it's an enjoyable game, but it's again it's another it's another one of those don't get beat. Yeah. And uh, I'm gonna predict whether it's in Budapest, whatever the game is, I don't know. I'm gonna predict maybe a one nil victory to Liverpool. Um, just be interesting to see what type of team he plays because it's only a few days after Leicester. And um, this is not where you earn your money. Forget fans and stadiums, forget where you're playing, forget press, forget all these things. Then, if you're a Liverpool player, Liverpool Football Club, you've got to be putting professional performances in at this level against teams like Leipzig because we're huge favourites. And uh, let's hope we can get a wee victory against Leicester and, and lead on to the Leipzig game. and Say so it all builds confidence. If we if we win in this game, it builds confidence for the for the derby and stuff. So, um, for me, one 0 to Liverpool, and uh, I think the clean sheet will do very well um, in this current climate. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think we've got to try and pull it out of the bag in this game. Leipzig are a team that that can like just like we were saying there. Leipzig are a team that can pull it out of the bag. I think you've got to remember the group stages. They've knocked United out up to now. United they were flying and. Then, in the Prem this season, they they knocked United out. They lost five nil to United, but then they went and beat PSG two one um, at, at PSG's ground. So Leipzig are a team that have good young players that are feisty, that that want to do well, that want to make a name for themselves. Leipzig are a team that have um, brought up a lot of talent throughout the years. Uh, I think Patrick Kluivert's son plays for Leipzig, if I'm not mistaken. Um, gone from Roma to Leipzig. Um, but yeah, that's by the by. But I think I think Liverpool need to to dominate that game in order to show because I think people around the world in world football because Liverpool are such a big team 
I think people are looking at Liverpool as a bit of a wounded dog at the minute and think that they can just come and get something out of us. And I think in the Champions League, Liverpool have got to announce themselves again and have got yeah. to put in a shift and say, right, we need to do this, we need to win, and we need to dominate the performance, which is probably the most important. Yeah, it's a good, it's a very good way, good analogy to use there, wounded dog. So if you're a Leipzig fan or a Leipzig player, you're thinking, oh, this is a great time to play Liverpool. Mm. Is where if you're a Liverpool player and you you've got to think, well, this is a great time for Liverpool to bounce back and show that we've got, you know, if we finish top four and go to European Cup, would it be the end of the world? I think that's a the way things are at the moment, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? Oh, that's the thing, is that like we've said a few times in this podcast, knowing the injuries that we've got, knowing the problems that we've had this season, if if someone would have said to you at the start of the season, you're not gonna have any centre-back options apart from young lads that haven't played for you yet this season. You're going to have your midfielders moved about um, so that you haven't got a, a functioning starting line-up in the way that you would like it to be. You're going to have Jota out, you're going to have Shaqiri out for periods, you're going to have Mane out for a bit, Allison's going to be out for a bit. All these different things. Trent was out for a little while, but we'll give you top four. Any Liverpool fan to start the season, the bit your arm off for that. Yeah. So I think to know that we are in the position that we're in, still fighting for top four, still got a chance at the Champions League. And I think, do I th- if I'm being honest, do I think Liverpool can win the Champions League? Not, not with the team that we've got this season with the injuries. But if we can finish the season in the top four, haven't gone to a last 16, even quarter-final of the Champions League, I, I would see that as a successful season. But it's got to start with us beating, beating Leipzig here. Uh, on the 16th I'm going to go for a, a 2-0 Liverpool I think we'll try and keep it tight uh, I can see us getting a couple of goals I'm going to go 2-0 well yeah I know we're finishing up but like I'm, cons- I'm going to paint the picture now May Liverpool Champions League final Van Dijk comes back in front of fans corner last minute back post there's a Van Dijk boom <laughs> Liverpool win the Champions League imagine you know, as just for everyone listening, you know, we don't um, we don't put this podcast out on YouTube and stuff, which um, we probably should at times, but um Danny's face just he was pitching it. I was setting the scene, I could just see Danny's face light up and uh, strange things happen. But you know what? Liverpool have notoriously been a cup team, so let's see what happens and at least we can get excited about these games because oh, everybody game in the league's so gonna be full of nervousness and pressure and oh as we're We've got that little, you know, lifeline now the Champions League. So let's hope we can enjoy it. And on our day, we can still beat anyone. So um, let's hope that um, let's hope that we don't get knocked out. Because if we get knocked out, I just don't know if I can bear bear listening to certain <laughs> certain opposition football fans. You know? <laughs> I think one of the things that really lends itself to us in the Champions League, as opposed to the Prem, is that in the Prem, most of the games that we've lost or drawn this season have been from teams like we've spoken about, sitting in those two bags of four and making us come onto them and try and play them and try and play them. Champions League, you don't get that option. It's two legs. It's all or nothing. Teams have got to come out. They've got to play. Um, and I think that always plays into Liverpool's hands with the way that we play with the counter-attack and football and how fast we get out of our back line into our front three. Um, I think the Champions League is a, is a completely different kettle of fish. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. And hopefully, unlike this week, we'll be sitting here next week excited, happy with the results that we've seen uh, and ready for Liverpool to push on as we go into the Derby game, which is going to be a big one. Uh, Not just for the fact that it's the Derby, but also for the fact that next week we have got Kieran Molyneux joining us 
Kira Molyneux, for those that you don't know, um, is a singer. Uh, he works and does a lot of work with Boss Nights. Um, if you've seen anything to do with the Liverpool Madrid final, uh, if you haven't, then what are you listening to this podcast for, you weirdo? Um, but obviously, you'll have all <laughs> seen the Madrid final and you'll have seen the songs, you'll have seen how big it was outside the stadium. Kieran Molyneux was one of the singers uh, who was part of that final and sang in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, and he's going to be on our podcast next week, Amo, uh, which is exciting times, isn't it? Yeah, him and Jamie Webster are a bit of a double act, and like I've seen him live. I've been to Boss Nights. Um, it's incredible. Uh, just a young lad from Liverpool, um, living his dream, goes to match every week, and I'm sure he'll have a lot of um, fascinating opinions. And it's it's for me and you, Danny, and for our little podcast in the island of Ireland. It's another week too, so be interesting to have him on. Um, we've got a few, but just to let people know, everyone, you know, people listen regularly know that. Danny's kind of the, the producer type uh, thing, and he edits the podcast. And yeah, you know, it's it's my job to get you know guests. <laughs> I've done all right so far. But <laughs> just just watch this space because a few things lined up, and um, the, the the podcast has gone places. And we just want to we just again want to send a message of of thankfulness and gratefulness of to everyone that gets involved and all the listeners and to all listeners. You know, whether you listen on Spotify, Google Music. Whether you listen to us on Straban Radio Online on a Friday evening or now a Saturday evening, um, we're just grateful. And um, yeah, it'd be great to get Kim Molyneux on. And uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen a few of his posts on social media. So he, he's a character, let's put it that way, a bit like Howard. So it'll be fantastic. And uh, let's hope we can talk to him after a couple of great wins and we can look forward to the Merseyside derby. Because if we, we don't get a couple of wins and we've got Everton, uh, no. <laughs> that, oh no, that suddenly becomes a giant game bigger than what it already is. Um, yeah. It'd be great to have him on, and it's exciting. It shows that the podcast is going places, and just like football, this podcast is nothing without supporters. So the fact that people listen to it every week is the reason why we're able to get these guests on. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as you know, this episode has been sponsored by Premier Commercial Kitchens. Uh, and thank you so much for the sponsorship and the support from them and from you. Thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.